This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where my outlook has improved considerably after a one-week break from the COVID crisis. There is nothing like a dip in the Gulf of Mexico off Okaloosa Island to remind you that, well, life is pretty good sometimes, even during a pandemic. Now, strange as it may sound, the governor would sort of like you to follow my lead by vacationing here in Florida. Today on Sunrise In-Depth, we'll check out a new campaign encouraging Floridians to jumpstart the tourism biz by taking a vacation in their home state. Our tourism industry has just been, uh, to put it bluntly, decimated by this crisis. We've had tremendous impacts to businesses and jobs, but the good news is that there is no doubt that Florida remains the best place to vacation in the world. Here's something I didn't miss. Daily updates on COVID casualties. The state health department reported 22 more fatalities and almost 2,000 new coronavirus infections on Labor Day. And Governor Ron DeSantis says the numbers are looking better. There is, of course, a caveat. The fight is never, it's not going to be over on this. I mean, that's just not the way these things work. You don't have a virus that just all of a sudden disappears. At the same time, you know, we've got to get all facets of society uh, operating. One of those facets of society that has the governor's attention right now is alcohol, specifically the bars and brew houses shut down after being blamed for a surge of COVID cases when restrictions were relaxed back in May. The governor would like to find a way to get them back in business. Giving our, our citizens the ability to uh, have some enjoyment in their life. I mean, uh, you know, it's been, uh, been a, a long uh, six months almost, and, uh, and I know people uh, really yearn to have, uh, have a sense of, uh, of normalcy. The president is in Jupiter today to talk about the environment. Donald Trump wants to spend a quarter billion dollars in next year's budget on infrastructure projects for the Glades. Democrats say that would be good if he hadn't gutted the federal agencies that are supposed to be preventing pollution. Condolences going out today to Christopher Benjamin of Miami Gardens, who was elected to the Florida House of Representatives when he won the primary for District 107 last month. His wife died over the holiday weekend. The Florida Supreme Court takes on a case today that could have an impact on your homeowner's insurance bill. Citizens' property is being sued over claims from Hurricane Francis in, get this, 2004. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with two Florida men who had a really bad weekend. Only one survived to tell the tale. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, September 8th. Donald Trump travels to Jupiter today to talk about environmental protection efforts in the Everglades. His latest budget proposal includes $250 million in funding for restoration and infrastructure projects in the southwest Florida ecosystem. The idea is to increase regional water storage capacity, hopefully reduce the discharges from Lake O, and tackle the issues of blue-green algae and red tide. Florida Democrats claim the proposed budget would actually hinder efforts to address one of the Everglades' greatest threats. That's the climate crisis. It's not even mentioned in the 138-page budget document. They also accuse the president of gutting federal agencies that are supposed to be preventing pollution in the first place. Joe Biden's running mate will be in Florida later this week, along with her hubby. Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff are traveling to Miami Thursday for a campaign event, their second trip to Florida in recent weeks. The first time was virtual. This time, it's the real thing. The Department of Health reported 1,838 new coronavirus cases and 22 new fatalities Monday. More than 648,000 Floridians have now been infected. The death toll has reached 12,023. The deaths of 684 Floridians were reported over the past week alone. But the governor says this is fine. 
because the numbers are lower than they used to be? If you look at uh, where we are today in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we've had um, the number of people who are COVID positive and hospitalized decline by almost 63% uh, since the peak in July. Uh, the number of people hospitalized in the ICU down almost 57% uh, since the peak uh, in July. Uh, the number of new hospital admissions uh, have declined by nearly 70% daily uh, since their peak. And I think if you look, our discharges typically outnumber uh, our admissions. I can tell you that was not the case at the end of June, beginning of July. Uh, the number of individuals showing up to the ED with COVID-like illness has declined by around 75% from the early June highs. Uh, and all these um, you know, trends you see across our different regions, across our different metro areas. If you look at Pinellas County, uh, COVID positive hospitalizations are down here by over 72%. And I know we've seen a lot of problems with these tests and these reports, and I would caution that's not the best barometer. At the same time, Pinellas over 20 days has been below uh, 5% in terms of the number of tests that come back positive. So it's not something I would hang my hat and say a kid can't go to school if there's this or that. But at the same time, when you have 20 days and you see that, that is a pretty consistent pattern. And that's uh, uh, for, for a county that has a million people, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's pretty good. How many of those are even contagious with this? We don't know. How many of them have live virus? Is that dead RNA? We're seeing the limitations of these PCR tests every single day. You know, they did a study of New York, Massachusetts, and Nevada, was, and actually the New York Times, and they found 90% of the positive test results that people didn't have enough virus to be contagious. And then these are people that are being quarantined. Um, so this testing, uh, these cases, and the way the technology is, um, you know, has been problematic. But I think the hospitalization decline here has been dramatic. Hillsborough, the same thing, over 71% uh, uh, decline in COVID positive hospitalizations. Miami-Dade, huge declines from where they were. They were the, the, the most severe outbreak in the state of Florida, but you're seeing Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. Today, we're moving Palm Beach into phase two, uh, and they've done very, very well. I mean, they're probably not quite as low as Pinellas, but they're pretty close in terms of what we've seen throughout the, throughout the state. So that's really good. Orange County hospitalizations down 73%, and you can kind of go on, on down the line. And so that's been really strong momentum, and we believe it's going to continue. And um, the fight is never, it's not going to be over on this. I mean, that's just not the way these things work. You don't have a virus that just all of a sudden disappears. Um, you know, it's better to have the prevalence lower like it is today than where we're at the end of June, but it's going to be something that's going to still be there. It's going to be a factor. We obviously have that risk groups that we're going to really focus on. At the same time, you know, we've got to get all facets of society uh, operating. Uh, we've obviously done a lot um, over the last couple months. I know that the K through 12 uh, opening, a lot of the parents have chosen to go in person with the instruction. We believe giving them that choice was very, very important. Um, and I think you've seen, um, uh, I think you've seen people be, be satisfied with that. Um, and so now we're saying, okay, if you're in business in the state of Florida, you know, we want you to be successful. Uh, we want people to be able uh, to go to work. One thing DeSantis really wants to get back in business is the adult beverage industry, specifically bars and brew houses that closed down back in March, then reopened during the first phase of the recovery, and then shut down again after being blamed for a surge in COVID cases. The governor wants to find some way for them to reopen. 
you know, what's the road back uh, so that, um, you know, folks uh, not only uh, business-wise, employees, uh, but also just giving our, our citizens the ability to, uh, to have some enjoyment in their life. I mean, uh, you know, it's been a, been a, a long uh, six months almost, and, uh, and I know people uh, really yearn to have, uh, have a sense of, uh, of normalcy. Now, uh, if you look at the jobs uh, that, that Florida's lost since the pandemic hit, uh, a huge proportion of that is in things like leisure and hospitality. And so that obviously, we had uh, losses initially at, at theme parks, uh, hotels, restaurants, uh, but when you look at breweries, uh, you guys obviously were hit very, very hard. Those are folks uh, that you employ uh, who are working hard uh, and who um, uh, you know, need to have the ability uh, to earn a living. So we're very sensitive to that. Uh, we have been adding private sector jobs even in July with uh, uh, the pandemic uh, kind of at its apex here, certainly in terms of the, uh, of, of, the, of, of the the kind of the fear and stuff that was in the air, uh, people still continue to, to add jobs. And I think that if you look at the revenue coming in in August, that uh, we've definitely seen an increase in the state of Florida from where we were. So we want to keep that momentum going. It's not going to be easy, uh, but I know that, that we'll be able to do it. I want every business in Florida operating. Uh, and we pretty much have 99%. You guys are kind of the last, uh, the last one. Everyone else is is is, is up and running. Um, not everyone is, um, you know, at totally full. I mean, the theme parks they're working their way back. People are having more confidence. All these other things. But but people have to be able to go in business. It's one thing to say, you know, we may need you to to do some of these things for safety and health. I think all you guys would be willing to do it. But it's another thing to say no. And just there's no path to yes. So so we'll get to yes. Bars are part of the leisure and hospitality industry, which has been devastated by the pandemic, and Florida depends on tourism to pay the bills. But trying to convince someone to vacation in the Sunshine State is a tough sell right now, so Dana Young with Visit Florida says they'll be asking you and your fellow Floridians to help jumpstart the tourism trade by vacationing in your own state. Tourism is the foundation of our economy. Uh, you know how essential it is to generate this economic activity in our state and to get these hardworking Floridians back to work. Uh, prior to the pandemic, Florida tourism had just capped its 10th record year of visitation. We had over 130 million visitors to our state. They generated over $91 billion in revenue for our state. Uh, for Q2 2020, the governor just mentioned, uh, we are down 60%. Our tourism industry has just been, uh, to put it bluntly, decimated by this crisis. Uh, we've had tremendous impacts to businesses and jobs, but the good news is that there is no doubt that Florida remains the best place to vacation in the world. So we have been monitoring at Visit Florida many, many data points to help us decide when the time was right to start bringing people back to the state uh, for vacations. Our data has determined that people right now, even though many are ready to travel, they feel more comfortable traveling closer to home. And right now they're feeling more comfortable driving. So we are announcing the launch of our exciting new marketing campaign aimed at encouraging in-state travel by Floridians. Floridians, like all of us, have tremendous pride in our state, tremendous pride in everything that Florida has to offer. And our goal at Visit Florida through this campaign is initially to harness that pride that Floridians have and then channel it toward rebuilding our economy. 
Florida is world-renowned for diverse experiences and different types of destinations, unlike any place else. You can pretty much find something for everybody here in Florida. There are so many parts of Florida that even I, a sixth-generation Floridian and an avid fan of the outdoors, that even I haven't seen and didn't know existed. Uh, we often hear people, as the governor mentioned, say that, you know, travelers know about our beaches. They know our theme parks, so why do we have to spend money to advertise them? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, first, because advertising works. Uh, if it didn't work, large, sophisticated corporations wouldn't do it. And second, and more importantly, is that Florida uh, is more than just beaches and theme parks. We are a diverse, amazing, unique state. And our job at Visit Florida is to tell the story of the whole Florida to the entire world. This campaign is going to be uh, as broad as a campaign could possibly be. We're going to have heavy di digital and social media placement, billboards, uh, a variety of TV advertising, including broadcast, addressable TV, and streaming. And the idea is to introduce Floridians to new horizons within their own state. So whether it's exploring our award-winning state parks, uh, playing a round of golf at one of our world-class golf courses, which I'm sure the governor would like to be doing right now, uh, tarpon fishing off the coast, which I would like to be doing right now, or relaxing on a pristine beach, Florida offers endless opportunities for a safe and memorable vacation. So in-state travel is an important first step uh, in our long-term recovery plan. And uh, we are going to be moving uh, very soon into a domestic U.S. campaign uh, at the right time to start bringing people from around the country back to Florida. Uh, one message is very clear. We have rebound from crisis before, and we will rebound from COVID-19. We are a resilient industry. The tourism industry is so resilient, as is the state of Florida. We are convinced that our tourism industry will be better than before. Uh, at, within probably a couple of years at most. So let's give a listen to that spot commissioned by Visit Florida, the one they're trying to use to convince you to vacation in Florida. We wake up to it every day. The wonderment. The warmth. Where else can you just step outside for an epic sunset? Snap a postcard from your own backyard. Discover treasures on any old Tuesday. Enjoy a weekend where the world vacations. We live here because we love here. A place unlike anywhere else in the world is the place we call home. The question, of course, is why start advertising now? The governor says it's time. Well, I think that we showed that we were able to weather, um, you know, the same basic uh, epidemic, uh, summer epidemic that our neighbors throughout the Sun Belt had to, had to weather. Uh, we all had similar uh, experiences, I think, similar timelines. Some, some started a little bit before us, some started a little after. Uh, but I think that we proved really across the region, uh, you know, that we were going to be able to have the capacity uh, to deal with that surge in terms of hospital resources. And then we would continue, of course, our, our focus on uh, protecting uh, those who are the most vulnerable, particularly those in long-term care facilities. Uh, and so now we're in a situation where uh, we've had declines uh, really for almost two straight months in things like um, hospitalizations. Well, that's probably about six-week decline in hospitalizations. But we've declined now in hospitalized COVID patients by over 60% uh, since the third week of July. Uh, we're down 55% uh, 
in terms of COVID positive patients that are hospitalized in the ICU and the number of individuals who go to the emergency department with COVID-like illnesses has declined by more than 75% since the peak the 7th of July. So that's something that is, that is good news, um, and I think that we want to continue that momentum, uh, but we also understand that you know, we've got a lot of folks out there that have been hurting uh, over these last few months. We've got a lot of people that kind of had their livelihoods uh, taken away when our tourism industry collapsed uh, at the end of March. And so uh, I, I'm excited to be here. I think this is well thought out uh, in terms of the approach that Visit Florida has taken. And so this is really going to be, I think, an invaluable tool uh, to help uh, show folks, uh, you know, that Florida's back. The campaign will cost about $13 million. No word yet on when Visit Florida will resume advertising outside of Florida. You're listening to the Sunrise podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Time now for a word from the sponsors. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. Less than a month after Christopher Benjamin became the first Muslim elected to the Florida legislature, the Miami Gardens man is mourning the death of his wife, Carlene. They have four children together. Benjamin won election in House District 107 during the August primary. He had 61% of the vote. It's a heavily Democratic district. The GOP did not field a candidate. When he's sworn in in November, Benjamin will succeed Representative Barbara Watson, who could not run again due to term limits. He told Florida Politics before the primary it was actually Watson who suggested he run for the open seat. The Florida Supreme Court meets at 9 this morning to take up five cases, including an insurance dispute that goes all the way back to Hurricane Francis in 2004. Citizens Property Insurance, which is run by the state, is fighting the possibility of having to compensate owners of Brevard County apartment buildings for lost rental income that occurred while the insurance company and the owners were fighting over a damage claim from the storm. This case has drawn attention from numerous insurance groups. They've all joined citizens in warning that a ruling in the favor of the apartment owners could ultimately lead to increased insurance premiums. They're asking the Supreme Court to overturn an opinion last year from the 5th District Court of Appeal and say that the apartment owners should not be able to recover what are known as consequential damages. However, attorneys for the apartment owners claim that citizens breached a contract in handling the claim, and as a result, they can be required to pay damages for lost rental income. The arguments are being held by video conference. You can watch it all live on the Florida Channel, if that's the sort of thing you enjoy. Some other events that might be worth your while today, trustees at the University of South Florida meet at 9.30 in Tampa, trustees with Florida State College at Jacksonville hold a workshop at noon, followed by a regular meeting at 1. The Florida Council on the Social Status of Black Men and Boys holds a conference call at 2. The Governing Board of the Southwest Florida Water Management District holds a public hearing about their budget at 5. Finally today, the stories of two Florida men. One is lucky to be alive. The other was not lucky. A Florida man being arrested for domestic battery tried to escape police by jumping into Boca Ciega Bay off Treasure Island. It cost him his life. 33-year-old Donnie Brownlow Jr. was in handcuffs, was being taken from the Treasure Island Police Department to a jail transport van when he broke away from officers and jumped into the water to try to escape. Paramedics pulled him from the bay, administered CPR, but it was too late. 
And a Florida man is busted after rear-ending two cars in Hillsborough County, including an unmarked sheriff's car. The arrest report says 21-year-old Cole Gatlin was driving through Valrico shortly before 5 in the morning when he hit the back of a Dodge Charger with two deputies inside. Then he hit the back end of an SUV. Gatlin's blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit. The good news is that no one was hurt. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.